0: Jen, it's Fantasy Festivus, and time to air your fantasy grievances. Who let you down this week?
1: This week's an easy one. I got two words for you. Urban Meyer. I pro- You know, I probably don't even have to say anything else, really, but I guess I will because it is a podcast and people are listening, but God, Urban Meyer, what a freaking... Ah! So, okay. A we'll go we'll go lettering here a he he started out the week by calling his staff losers who he hired by the way all of them right he he saw the resumes he saw what was going on now they're all losers apparently and he's a winner you can't see me but I'm air quoting <laughs> uh two you know not they not or, or half-assed shaking hands with with you know the opposing team this weekend just so lame and and uh you know I've never liked him um it, it was kind of Obviously a personal thing. I went to University of Georgia when he was at Florida. I couldn't stand him. I- I'm not a fan. No, obviously I don't know him personally. But uh, I feel like if it walks like a duck, you know, quack quack.
0: <laughs> I I feel like we know him personally. I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's pretty close. Um yeah, I, I don't know if it's his, uh, the buck stops over there mentality or, um, just the, the rampant, um, hypocrisy that seems <sighs> to ooze from him at every moment. Uh, but I'm with you and I'm just excited. An awful about this
1: human. He, he doesn't seem
0: like a, <laughs> like a wonderful human being. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Urban Meyer, uh, fantasy festivist this week. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to The Most Accurate Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me are my excellent co-hosts, as usual, Jen Akins and Chris Allen. Chris, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing better than Urban Meyer, apparently.
2: Uh, but he already looked like a broken man towards the end of that <laughs> game anyway. And for folks outside of Ohio that are surprised by any of this, uh, I mean, I'm not. I, I, I've watched him over like a number of years and just the stuff that's come out, even when Ohio state like was a good football program. Uh, this is no surprise to me. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm obviously hoping that he winds up finding a new place of employment next season just so that we can see trevor lawrence start to shine because it looks like he's bringing down that entire organization with him so yeah uh i'm doing okay though overall i mean fun weekend of football and we've got another decent game going on tonight as we record on monday night uh but other than myself doing okay jen how are you doing
1: i am doing well i I am doing well i'm excited about uh we're we're rounding the bend of my son being on uh, winter break and I don't have to wake up at 6 a.m. to take him to school for like two and a half weeks or something. It's sad the things that I look forward to. I still have to get up and work, mind you, but I don't have to get up at 6 a.m. and drive him to school. So I'm about a week away from that. So that is kind of what I'm looking forward to, ticking off the days of when I can actually sleep in a little bit for uh, winter break. Uh, (laughs) But Yeah, no, totally. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I work from home and I don't have to really go anywhere, but at the same time, Every time that alarm goes off and it's still dark and knowing that I have to do the whole deal, make the lunch, get him up. I'm just, you know, I'm over it. I need I need I need a small break. Uh, But anyway, um, let's get into the show, I guess. Let's go over some surprises from week 14. Take it away, Chris.
2: So one of the first surprises and at least over the past few weeks, if you all have been noticing a trend, I've been starting at the quarterback position and. One of the guys that stuck out to me, and I always try and make this as actionable as possible, because of course we can talk about Justin Herbert and just his howitzer for an arm and him like him surprising us with how well he performed, Sans, Keenan Allen, and hopefully they wind up having him back for the Thursday night game against the Chargers. Of course you can talk about the surprising uh outings for both Tom Brady and then Josh Allen and their uh, in the Bills comeback. But of course one guy that I think at least that I think folks might be able to use moving forward. And we'll probably talk about him again, like later on. I'm actually kind of surprised by Ben Roethlisberger, not going to lie for as bad as he looks out there on the field and for all the jokes and stuff that we get off about him being old and him just like literally looking like he has, he's getting no enjoyment out of being there on the field with every hit, with every sack, I mean, it all just looks bad. Like, over the last, like, four games, that he's averaged, like, 18.9 fantasy points per game. It looks like he's about to finish in the top six or top seven uh, for this week. He was top 10 last week as well. And it doesn't make any sense to me because you guys know I'm mostly... I look at things from an analytical perspective, and none of it makes sense as to how he's doing what he's doing. We think of the Steelers as being more of a pass heavy offense but since he came back because he was on the COVID list back in week 10 if I'm remembering the my dates correctly but over the past like four weeks they've actually thrown less and less their password over expectation has dipped his efficiency really hasn't been there he's never like like especially this season or after we started to look at him as an older quarterback and just having more shorter passes the efficiency also hasn't been there as well But looking at the output, it's really hard to argue with him being a useful quarterback. But I mean, with his upcoming matchups, I guess I I can't I'm not going to push folks away from streaming him if they thought that it was a good idea, especially with the weapons that he has. So, like Jen, I mean, it it looks gross, but I. You know, would you would you fight somebody on saying that they were forced into starting Ben this week, especially if they, I don't know, lost Lamar Jackson, or not feeling all that great about Ryan Tannehill's prospects, or any of the other guys that you know are kind of on that fringe, uh, fringe quarterback one range. I mean, would you, I mean, would you fight anybody on on starting Ben this weekend?
1: I don't know if I'd fight people on starting him, but I'd be like, give me Tua instead. I mean, Tua's in a position that he has the Jets coming up, then he has the Saints, then he has the Titans. He's got a great schedule. I feel like he's kind of in that range. He may be a little more rostered um, than, say, the Ben, but I I think he's probably, without looking, I think he's probably in that streaming range still or at least close to it. So I'm not 100% anti-Ben, but I feel like Tua's in a better spot, A, physically, B, mentally, and then now he's got Devontae Parker back, which he had a pretty good game. So, I mean, like I said, if you need Ben, go for it, but I'd rather go with Tua. Uh,
2: 100%. And I think if he is available, like, out on, in your league, absolutely, I would 100% recommend him. He's just right outside of our uh, our typical, uh, I guess, roster ship numbers, like, for that type of thing. I think he's just right over 40%, and Ben's, like, sitting in, like, the 33 34% range. So that's why it's, like, from a streaming perspective, and since everybody knows, like, I write that article, he was the ones that popped up, and, like, I immediately grimaced right and like brandon i mean he's one of those guys that's just like I, I i just at this point in the season if you're forced into starting him i mean you should probably just go ahead and get a win anyway because you have the bravery to put him in your starting lineup but just looking at but, but i mean but brandon i mean looking at the steelers offense i mean outside of naji harris i mean it really has they have been like really forced into like passing to i mean we saw james washington getting into the mix last week Deontay Johnson continues to be a stud. Chase Claypool, if he's not getting completely, you know, I guess, sacrificed to the Wolves for the he didn't put the ball in the right spot and all this other stuff <laughs> at the last minute. I mean, but still, the passing the passing options are options that we roster on a week in and week out basis. So all that has to intersect at Ben. I mean, tell me how far off I am on at least saying that he's a good streaming option if you have nothing else on your waiver wire this week.
0: I spent a lot of time on Twitter and I and I read some some articles, and like I, I read some hot takes and I did some meditation. and I worked really, really hard and I tried, and I just can't care about Chase Claypools. First down signal
1: at the Ugh, end of the me game. Either. I just can't. Me I'm either. trying to do it. I can nope. try to care. I can't. I can't I'm care about either.
2: it. <laughs> I'll just. I'll, I'll leave it to the boomers and the folks that care about that stuff. To, I mean, because I saw. Remember, like, I think some folks had like the side by side video of like Larry Fitzgerald and how he would always be like the consummate <laughs> professional of in those same situations. He would quickly get the, pick the ball up and go run it over to the correct spot and put it down. It's like, okay, fine. But if you want to list off all the other things that were wrong with the Steelers' offense that night chase claypool's
0: probably like the 600th
2: thing that was wrong with them
0: right so it's just like <laughs> I, I don't know
2: i mean but what go ahead
0: go ahead uh, also larry fitzgerald like like as far as like consummate professional is concerned um i know he has like some sort of off-field stuff that i don't know anything about but like like he, he's it's a pretty high bar a pretty high bar to expect every wide receiver to be larry fitzgerald on the field yeah uh, <laughs> But in any event, Ben Roethlisberger, yeah, you know, more than one touchdown in four out of the past five games. Like, I I like that. Like, that's a streaming option. He's got Tennessee – coming up this week that's a pretty good matchup I I'm not super excited uh to to put him out there against the Browns in a couple weeks or against this Chiefs defense which suddenly looks alive uh but this week yeah yeah if I need a streaming option I think he kind of fits the bill he's got those uh offensive weapons that we like he is throwing multiple touchdowns a game uh if I'm looking at him or like the fledgling Raiders offense with Derek Carr who I like but isn't playing well or your usual uh, streaming options that are out there your zach wilson's and whatnot i have no problem uh trotting out ben roethlisberger chris i think it's perfectly okay to stream him
2: it's such an odd process though for us to get there because typically we look at Offenses that are passing a lot, or even offenses that are efficient. I mean, with Ben, it really just does come down to the fact that if they get into the red zone, I and mean, over the past like four weeks, and this has pretty much been throughout the entire season, their average passing rate is over 85 percent once they get into the red zone, and especially when they've been pushed into these types of games where they get into shootouts like think about that chargers game like three or four weeks ago when they got pulled into that uh that like that high paced off uh, high paced matchup at the end of the game and then like the same thing with uh with baltimore a couple weeks ago minnesota just this past thursday night so they've had these matchups where they get pulled into these like shoot off uh, these shootouts and we can think about i mean tennessee they might be able to put up some sort of fight they looked okay this past week but kansas city we know that they're coming to fight i mean cleveland they might be able to put up a decent amount of uh a decent amount of offense as well in order to push ben into a decent contest so i it's deep i know it sucks and most folks at this point in the season are probably like less likely to try and do something like that as well but it's just i think the production at least been there for you to consider him even though once you click on his name you're just like i don't want to do this i I don't want to do this at all Uh, but i get it Uh, the other (laughs) surprise from this week uh, Deonta Foreman, now, like, he's now, I mean, he was the starter this past week. We've got at least, at the very least, a two headed committee, if not a three headed committee, uh, if you want to also include Jerry McNichols uh, into the mix as well. Uh, I mean, Jen, I wanted to get your take on him because he was able to get into the end zone, albeit the matchup was one of the easiest that they're ever going to have. Uh, I mean, especially, like, looking at their matchups, like, moving ahead, at least on the surface. But with all the injuries that are going on, We've also got a couple of folks that have been uh, added to the COVID list, if I'm remembering correctly, as well. With all the news that dropped today, I mean, could you fault anybody for wanting to continue to roster and start Donta Foreman as, like, let's say, like their RB two or something like that?
1: No, not at all. Uh, And I I will probably be one of them. You know, he he, listen. He had 62 combined yards this week with a touchdown. Um, You know, Hilliard is still a factor, like you said. Jeremy McNichols is coming back too. I don't know if we can necessarily trust the distribution, but I think in our situation. And uh, like you said, with the amount of people that are coming up uh, on the COVID list and the injuries, uh, I think that there's going to be plenty of people out there that are going to have to you know, use him, whether it's as, as an RB2 or in the flex. I think there's a lot worse out there that people are trotting out. So I think he's somebody um, like you said, you know, the matchup is not going to get as easy as it was this week. But at the same time, I think that um, he does have value moving forward and people are going to have to use him. And I think that's fine. I don't think. You know, as long as you kind of have the expectation that he, you know, he he is going to be in that RB two slash three category, I think it's totally fine.
2: Yeah, my hope is that other folks that are rostering him at this point, they have at least a fairly decent RB one in order to mix in. So let's say if you were maybe dealing with. Uh, let's say Aaron Jones, like being injured or to Alvin Kamara uh, being out for the past few weeks. And so you have at least a decent RB1 option and you throw him out there as an RB2, but Brandon kicking it over to you I mean, over the last like couple of weeks, like he's averaged a 54.7% rushing share, uh, it, but like the targets haven't been there. I've only seen like one or two uh, throughout the past couple of games, especially that took a dip, like once McNichols came back, but the next two upcoming matchups of Pittsburgh and San Francisco, I mean, both of them are 20th or worse uh, in adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, to running backs, uh, and that's according to our rankings here at 4 for 4 So it's not the worst, but Tennessee's offense as a whole, I mean, outside of, I mean, Julio Jones isn't really getting it done. I mean, we're not really looking at any of the other pass catchers. So if that offense isn't really one that sparks a lot of excitement, I mean, are you still on the, I mean, if you're using Foreman as an RB2, you're okay with it?
0: Yeah, I, you know, McNichols, I think, is going to have a role. But I, I still, you know, Foreman's got double-digit touches in at least, I think, like three of the past four, or four of the past five. I, I think that's going to continue. And if, if you're in a league that goes all the way to the end, which I know is rare, but I'm in one of those leagues, like he gets the Texans with the last game of the season. Tennessee is probably going to be vying for uh, the number one seed, which would be a buy, or if the Colts get kind of hot, they could still be uh, playing for that division. So he's one of those guys who's probably going to be playing hard in every game. And the Titans want to establish the run. So I think that they've been leaning on Foreman. They seem to favor Foreman. His playing style seems to match what they want to do in that offense so uh, I'm comfortable in that RB2 slot trotting him out there especially on rosters where I don't have really established options uh, at the running back position as many of my rosters are given the injuries that have happened this season so uh, I like Foreman I'm perfectly okay with him and I'm I'm kind of excited to see him uh, put his head up up above everybody else in that crowded backfield.
2: Yeah, and I'm hoping that that's the case. I mean, not to say that you know, he's, he's he's definitely not Derrick Henry. I mean, but I would say that if Tennessee continues to be or at least try to be what they were like without Derrick Henry in terms of being more of a run heavy like type of team, uh, Ryan Tannehill using more of the play-action style passing that he was used to. That's made him one of the more efficient quarterbacks in the league. And I haven't heard any rumblings about Derrick Henry being back. I think the last that I heard, at best, like he'll be back like once they, just assuming they get into the playoffs. But still, if they want to continue to operate in that same sense, I think Foreman gives them the best chance to do that. Of course, still getting the other uh, the other guys involved. I mean, Hilliard as a pass catcher, McNichols as a pass catcher as well. So I think it's entirely possible that Foreman can continue to return RB two upside. I mean, given the, given his current workload, but we'll see, especially with the matchups coming up, it's possible for him to do it. Uh, but hopefully he continues to get the workload and that shakes out in his favor. Uh, the last one, and again, I'm trying to keep this as actionable as possible. Of course, I mean, the surprises are always typically the guys that are scoring the most points for those guys that are rostered. I'll give you one more guy that's probably not as rushed in your league. And if you are searching for maybe not the most upside, but at least let's see a guy that can probably get some work and it's going to sound gross yet again. And I'm just completely scratching the bottom of the barrel here, but Laquan Treadwell, let's talk about him real quick because I don't know what else to take from Jacksonville's offense as of right now. And it's, it's not great, but I mean, looking at their upcoming matchups, I mean, they've got Houston this week, They've got the Jets in week 16. And of course, they've got New England in week 17. But Treadwell, I mean, of course, most folks are still rostering Marvin Jones. I mean, they're, I mean Trevor Lawrence, I mean, we don't really have a ton of confidence in him. And of course, with uh, Jen already giving her uh, opinion about Urban Meyer, which probably all of America shares at this point, that's probably the one thing that unites us all. But I mean, Laquan Treadwell has looked fairly good over the past like couple of weeks. I mean, his target share and uh, his target share over the past like three weeks has now gone up to about a seventeen point a seventeen percent target share. He's also been uh, running routes on over eighty percent of uh, of uh, Trevor Lawrence's dropbacks. I mean, he's been efficient. He's been used in the passing game quite a bit. His snaps are, well, are up to about like ninety percent. So with Jacksonville trailing for almost, I mean, like literally almost like 100% of the game uh, this past week, considering they got shut out. I mean, considering he's still getting a decent amount of targets, I mean, he still should be, uh, uh, the the Jaguars are going to continue to be in these passing scripts. from a wide receiver three standpoint, I mean, he might not offer you the same upside as some of the other wide receiver threes you could pick up off the waiver wire. I mean, like KJ Osborne this past week, but if they are pressed into some having some of those deeper throws, which Laquan Treadwell, like, that is his calling card. And with the matchups that he has in front of you, I, well, that he has in front of him, I could see him being a decent guy to pick up that might have at least a smidge of upside. But Jen, again, tell me I'm crazy. Tell I mean, just tell folks to just disregard what I'm saying and, like, not pick up Laquan Treadwell if they need him at this point.
1: Yeah, I'm going with the latter there of what you just said. I I can't I can't do it. Uh, I mean, I understand the appeal, right? I get it. He's a deep play guy, you know. I think he had 68 yards this past week, and 41 of them was one play, you know, 41 yard bomb. Uh, I just yeah, this I, I can't I just can't get behind anyone in this offense at this point. Um, it, it, it trickles down from Urban Meyer. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I just I really don't. I don't know. I think there are situations where possibly maybe you could think about rostering him. You're in a 14 to 16 team league, super deep. You need a prayer in your flex spot, throw him in there and hope he catches a random touchdown. But I think that um, if you want, I mean, listen, it is the playoff. So it is kind of a winner go home and you kind of have to go for it. You don't really want floors. I guess you're looking for ceilings. So That would be the only reason to possibly think about rostering him, but I just don't – I can't confidently tell people to do so. Yeah, and
2: I think that's kind of where I'm at. I would say that – and that's why I put him in my surprise to see that not just has he been, let's say, useful, but this hasn't been just like a one-week thing. It's been multiple weeks now that he's been up there in terms of getting at least a decent amount of the team's targets, been productive with them as well, and outside of – I mean, really – I he is probably like the lone bright spot because we're still all kind of upset about the way that lavisca chenault has been used marvin jones we haven't really seen him uh really get like any of those deep shots that we expect him to so i mean he is one of the big surprises that i'm seeing out of jacksonville's offense when everything else is a complete mess but brandon i mean where are you at like with seeing I mean, one laquan Treadwell back in our lives in the year of our lord like 2021 and would you like? Would you stash him on your bench for the chance of possibly having to use them should, especially with all the COVID news we got uh, earlier today and possibly having to roster him at this point, or you just say you're happy for Laquan and just move on from there?
0: Yeah, I'm really happy for him. He was someone that I loved, loved, loved in that draft. I thought he was like the – the. I didn't think he'd be a, like a solid wide receiver one, but I thought he'd be like a no-brainer plug-and-play wide receiver two uh, from day one. And I, I'm happy to see him get some success. Uh, plays the Texans this week, plays the Jets next week. Uh, I, I'm interested in, as that deep play if I have – uh, a, a hole on my roster There's a couple receivers that I'm kind of interested in Which I'll get to here in a little bit But uh, but he's on that list He's one of those guys that he's got four catches In three straight games And uh, the Jaguars are probably going to be throwing the ball uh, As much as I hate that offense And don't want any part of it If I need a deep play and I can trust somebody's targets I think Treadwell's getting the snaps He's getting the targets He's going to be there So yeah, I, I'm interested in a very, very deep way
2: <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's where I'm at too I'm not saying that, you know if you're already cruising towards at least a, a decent playoff spot and your squad is already packed to, you know, all, both from a starter's perspective and your bench, of course, I wouldn't be completely turning the back of my rush to get him. But if you are kind of limping into the playoffs and you think your team might need some punch in order to continue to move you throughout the next like, couple of weeks, I think Treadwell, at least he has the matchup. The opportunity is definitely there within an offense that nobody wants to invest in, so you know he's going to be available. So similar to like the Ben pickup, it's kind of like, you know, you just – it doesn't look great, but at the same time, you know, the opportunities should be there. The results might be there as well. A high variance play, absolutely. So I would at least take a look at it and see if you really would, could use at least some upside like that on your roster. But speaking about upside, I mean, Brandon, I mean, tell the, some of the folks about what they can expect from underdog with all the upside they're providing with some of the, I've, I've been seeing folks like Josh Norris and Hayden Winks talk about some of the upcoming tournaments. Of course, best ball season is around the corner here in the next uh, few months uh, with the off season coming towards us. So tell us about what underdog has in store for us
0: absolutely listeners let me tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season it's underdog fantasy their brand new pick'em game just pick over or under on your favorite or least favorite player stats and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night underdog keeps it super simple, simple with their easy to use website and mobile apps just pick between two and five players win you some cold hard cash first time depositors should head to 4for4.com underdog claim your free 4for4 pro subscription and get 10 dollars in bonus cash to play this weekend all right, buy or sell segment. Uh, Chris, I want to start with you. These are a couple quarterbacks we may not need, uh, but I want to talk to you about Tyler Huntley and Mitch Tubisky because these are both Konami Code quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, both injured. Uh, both their teams seem optimistic that they're going to play, even though it seems weird to me that that would be the case. But. Uh, you do the quarterback streamers where do Huntley and Trubisky fit into your plans for this weekend when you're looking at quarterback streaming
2: so if it's Huntley that has to go this week and then uh, from what I've heard uh, and what I saw like earlier on Twitter today about Lamar Jackson what it's not a high ankle sprain day-to-day it's entirely possible that he winds up playing this week but in terms of his mobility I mean that's completely TBD I'll have no I no insight into that but if let's say tyler huntley winds up playing looking at what he was able to do against cleveland and also he had a spot start uh, earlier this week or not earlier this week but earlier this season uh, against Chicago, did another decent facsimile of Lamar Jackson there as well, six for forty-three on the ground. So, and like he's popped up for those types of games beforehand. Like his efficiency as a passer obviously isn't there, similar to Lamar. He was able to do so last week uh, against uh, like against Cleveland, but still, like overall, we've seen like his inefficiencies as a passer like kind of crop up. So, I do have some concerns, especially uh, this week, uh, especially this upcoming week, like with their matchup. So, while I would say I have more confidence in Huntley as a play versus Mitch Trubisky. He's much more volatile and much worse as a passer, in my personal opinion, uh, than Tyler Huntley. So if either of them are forced to go, I would advise folks to pick up uh, to pick up Huntley like over over Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. But I'm hoping neither happen and both Josh Allen and Lamar are back in the lineup on Sunday.
0: Me too. My Josh Allen shares across several leagues are are just like like nervous, just shaking, just shaking. Same, right now. same, <laughs> yeah. same. Hoping, hoping. Although Mitch Trubisky does quietly put up fantasy numbers, so I'm kind of interested in both of them. Uh, you know, one thing that we saw Jen with Tyler Huntley came over and took over uh the quarterback job. Is he threw the ball quite a bit and Rashad Bateman. The rookie had his first 100 plus yard game, had eight targets, had over 100 yards, uh, looked really good. Like every time he caught the ball, I said we should throw to him every single down. Uh, What's your interest in Bateman? I know we've asked this question before and he's kind of been up and down. But if Huntley does start, does that increase your interest in Bateman or, or no effect at all?
1: Well, first of all, Bateman, of course he finally had his, you know, his great week because he was on my drop list last week and that's that's <laughs> kind of how that goes. I also told my husband to bench him this week in a league that he had to win to get in the playoffs, so he's thrilled with me with that. So, yeah, Bateman, I- I'm annoyed, but I would say Huntley, to me at least, I feel like it decreases all the fantasy players' asset or or, you know, outlooks for for this week. I don't know. And I think like, like Chris said, I think Huntley did a great job in, in mimicking Lamar and it, he's a similar quarterback. But I feel like uh, I don't know if I love, you know, Hollywood or Bateman. I mean, I think Andrews is really the only guy I trust in that offense. Um, he sure seems
0: to be quarterback proof, doesn't he? Yeah.
1: I mean, he's really the only guy there, but listen, good for Bateman. I mean, coming into this season, people had a lot of doubts about him anyway, then he got hurt. So, I mean, I'm happy for him as a human that, that he had a good game, but, um, I don't know if I'm really putting that much into it. Um, until I guess, until we see what happens with the quarterback situation. Uh, but you know, Bateman's another one of those guys on the fringe, like, like we keep talking about, there's not a lot out there due to COVID and injuries. So if you have him, you're probably going to start him. You know, or or at least consider him in the flex, you know, along with some other guys.
0: Sure, absolutely. Uh There's another rookie receiver that I'm kind of have like a raised eyebrow at. Uh Chris, Nico Collins for the Texans played 70% of snaps yesterday. That's a season high for him. Davis Mills had a nice little connection with him. He had 10 targets. I only caught five balls for 69 yards, but nico collins uh not a bad schedule to close out the season do you have any interest in him as uh kind of along the same line as your laquan treadwell uh mentality as someone if you need help deep leagues someone you can plug in probably available on waivers what do you think of nico collins chris
2: absolutely and actually i was uh paying attention like quite a bit to that game mostly because of my uh like i have russ wilson on a couple of teams so i was hoping to see like what they were going to do and it looked like For as big of a dumpster fire we consider the Texans to be, they actually rolled out a pretty decent game plan, like, albeit against a, let's say, an easier opponent in the Seahawks defense. But identifying some of uh, Seattle's uh, weaknesses on defense, they were using quite a few uh, screens and also some passes across the middle in order to get most of the guys free. If it wasn't Nico Collins, it was Brandon Cooks or the young tight end Brevin Jordan. So seeing Nico like also getting worked in, seeing him like have established that connection with Davis Mills, while everything around the Texans organization looks bad, at least seeing their offensive coordinator and play caller actually scheme up a way to actually keep them uh keep the offense moving i mean davis mills was 15 for 15 before he threw an incompletion i think it was like 13 straight completions in order for him to get a touchdown it was 13 or 14 for him to get a touchdown and then he had like one or two more afterwards before he had any incompletions the entire game so seeing that along with nico collins involvement gives me some hope for him so yeah along that same vein of if you do need somebody this uh like over the next a like, couple of weeks given their matchups and given his opportunity i wouldn't mind uh you know i wouldn't have any pushback on folks picking him up if you wanted that sort of upside on your team
0: yeah i'm susceptible to this i'll see somebody make like a really good play and just be like stuck on it right so like yeah they had that field goal drive i think it was like it was like their third drive or something like that. They had that field goal drive, and it was like uh, a short, little like uh, l- like throw to the left. It was like a little twelve yard uh, play, and he just like he bodied the defender, reached out, grabbed it with his hands with it out with his outstretched hands, walled off, and just secured it. And I was like, "That's an NFL catch," and I got very excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's
2: like he's shown flash like that beforehand, but with everything else that's been bad about the Texans, we just haven't really noticed it because it's just like that one play will happen, but it's like sandwiched in between like 100 other awful things that have happened to Houston. So it's like it's really hard for us to really separate the good stuff from all the bad things that have happened. But like Nico, in his short stints at being out on the field, like he's shown enough bursts for me to be at least I'm, – I'm interested
0: for sure about him as a receiver moving forward. I hope so. I love rookies. I love seeing them go. Let's stick with receivers. Let's go with uh, somebody who's kind of been around the block, Jen. Uh, Braxton Berrios had 10 targets. Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, both on IR now. Jets seem to have to throw the ball. Uh, is Berrios somebody that you can add to your fantasy roster and trust him to put up some numbers for you?
1: I don't know about trust per se, but I think he's, you know, along the same lines as, as some of these other guys we're talking about. It, it's kind of a dart throw. Um, listen, I, it's kind of a bummer because I felt like I pumped up Crowder quite a bit on, on a couple different articles and I really thought it was going to be a good Crowder week. Uh, like you said, with no Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. And then it turns out it was a Berrios week, which I mean, he had, I think you said 10 targets. He had 24% of the targets on the team. So, I mean, obviously they like him, obviously they're going to throw to him. I just don't know if I love the Jets in general. <laughs> I don't know if anyone does, but um, as far as fantasy purposes, the one good thing I will say, the next two weeks, they do have the Dolphins in Jacksonville, which, which are both of them are pretty soft against receivers. Uh, but then, you know, you're looking at Tampa Bay and Buffalo to finish out the season. So I don't know if uh, you're going to want to ride with Berrios all the way through, but I think if you need somebody this week against the Dolphins, he's probably not the worst guy out there. He looks like
0: the sensitive frat boy. Like you watch a '90s movie, and he's the he's the like like your your protagonist goes to the frat boy party, right? And then in one room, there's the guy, and he plays the guitar, and his name is Braxton, and he's like he's he's not quite the same, uh, you know '90s frat boy mentality. He's he's kind of he's kind of sensitive. Yeah, and he's, he's wearing like he's a wearing poem. a poncho and yeah, some flip right? flops. Yeah, right? I'm with you. <laughs> That's what he looks like to me. He's the the the, the sensitive frat. Yeah, boy I'm looking.
1: At, at at, I'm actually party. looking at his little photo right now, and yeah. I, I absolutely see what you're saying. Yeah, the, pon- the poncho, the flip flops, playing guitar, maybe yeah. a Corona, maybe a, some sort of a fruit <laughs> punch beverage. I'm with
0: you. Says something powerful and, and very profound throughout a <laughs> yep. very '90s profound. That's that's. I, I recommend anyone check out the Braxton Berrios photo on ESPN. Now I gotta it's, go it's look wonderful. at him. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's just absolutely wonderful. Uh, aside from Braxton Berrios and his at his gl- you know flowing lock of hair uh let's talk about a couple running backs uh Chris let's start with you Craig Reynolds 11 carries 83 yards two catches 16 uh re- receiving yards in relief of Jamal Williams with Detroit is this the, is this the thing he kind of came out of nowhere no one was really talking about him is he, is he a thing
2: I would assume he's a thing at this point I, with with dan campbell and like the rest of the lions and that backfield just in general without deandre swift and i think the last we heard before kickoff on sunday was that now he's uh an ir candidate is that they're going to continue to uh utilize both the run and the pass game in order to move the ball down the field they're not really trying to change anything about their offensive philosophy as a whole regardless of the matchup even down I mean, however many touchdowns they were just this past week against Denver. I mean, they were still like continuing to involve. I mean, but like it involved the running backs like in their like in their game plan. So it doesn't that doesn't change anything. So uh, let's say even with Jamal Williams like being back, I think the problem is that now with the other options that they have like in that uh in that backfield if it's like you know godwin igwebike uh if jamal is back there as well craig reynolds also mixing in i mean yeah it's great to see that they at least have like other options and i don't know if jamal williams is still going to be on the team next season but so it's good to see that they have at least depth quote unquote like if uh, regardless of what happens with deandre swift i mean of course he'll be back but it's like it's good to see they have other options but even with the, uh, with their matchups, like ahead of them, I mean, looking at their schedule. So they've got Arizona next week, Atlanta, Seattle. So like decent matchups, but still it's just, I would rather invest in their passing game. I mean, a lot of what Jared Goff has been capable of doing over the past few weeks and sort of in terms of making some of the guys like Amon Ross, St. Brown, like relevant Khalif Raymond, like like relevant. I mean, you know, Josh Reynolds, obviously as well i mean like those guys i would rather like invest in that or off- oh, like that part of their offense than their running game just because they've been able to produce more because they are put in those types of situations where golf is put put, uh, put back in a, a situation to pass and with fewer options for him to pass to than it has that he has been in order to like you know put uh at least put in a situation in order to rush i would much rather take like some of their passing options if i was forced to start anybody from detroit which i hope nobody has to at this point but still you get what i'm saying
0: yeah, yeah, you know, Cardinals this week, which is uh, not not thrilling. Uh, like you said, the, the passing option is probably what you're looking for. Uh, but that Falcons matchup in Week 16. That that's, does seem bad. Yeah. That's interesting. That's kind of mm-hmm. interesting. You know, the Lions could uh, kind of stick with Atlanta, I think. I think uh, very possible if Jamal Williams is still out, so – uh, always interested to see new faces in that regard and then Jen I always have to ask you if I could drop someone this week uh piggybacking off our our urban Meyer centered episode do we drop James Robinson I hate to do it I like him uh but he you know six carries like four yards last week and uh you know in the doghouse supposedly do we just drop him or is there any hope
1: I think there's hope I I he was on my on my long list for my deadweight report that comes out out uh, Tuesday morning but I did leave him off because I feel like with the, with, the, with the running back landscape the way it is right now, I just feel like you got to hang on to somebody like that. They actually have a very good matchup this week against the Texans. So if you can't do it this week, then possibly you can drop him. But I just feel like what you're going to drop him and pick up Reynolds. You know, I just I just can't. I, I can't justify that. I feel like there is still meat on the bone there with Robinson. He is still a talented running back. And I know Urban Meyer sucks, but hopefully they figure it out this week and utilize him um, against the Texans defense that's soft against the run.
0: I feel like even Trevor Lawrence said that they need to give James James Robinson the ball. I mean more. it's pretty obvious to you know, <laughs> I everyone else. Me at all yeah (laughs) well okay i will hold him for at least one more week just because of you jen just because of you that's what's going to happen uh let's go to our looking ahead segment to close out the show Uh, i'm going back to nico collins Uh, if you want someone on waivers 10 targets last week like i said couple really nice looking grabs definitely wowed me plays the jaguars chargers 49ers titans to close out the season those are all defenses that i think uh, Houston could at least throw against at least a little bit. So uh, Nico Collins, if you need somebody, need a streamer, need a receiver that you can plug into your lineup, I like him. Jen, what, uh, what's your looking ahead?
1: My looking ahead for this week is Brandon McManus. He's got uh, the Bengals at home. Uh, McManus at home at altitude is always a thing. And, uh, yeah, they've got the Bengals at home. They're fa- they're actually favored in that matchup by one and a half points at the moment uh, with a decent implied team total of, I think, 23. So... Um, if you're looking for a kicker this week, I think McManus. You know, you can never go wrong with McManus in the Mile High City.
0: Denver's been good. The Denver kicker's been good for uh for, for, for everybody this year. I like that going Brandon McManus. Chris, who's you looking ahead?
2: Uh, and it has to be from a streaming quarterback perspective. Let's get like let's not talk about Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, we'll, we'll, throw, we'll throw that one out. Uh, but like Jimmy Garoppolo I mean they've just been on a tear I mean if it hasn't been because of George Kittle absolutely just murdering uh, defensive backs like across the middle of the field I mean he completely torched my Bengals on Sunday which took that whole game like just took years (laughs) out of off my life Uh, but I mean so he's got George Kittle Brandon Ayuk is now starting to come into form as the wide receiver one we expect to be at the start of the season Debo Samuel didn't come out of that game with a setback so if they start to get more of their pieces back if Elijah Mitchell can make it back i mean so on and so forth i mean that should be at least offer more for jimmy g as a whole so especially i mean this week i mean their matchup and i know a lot of folks that talk about san francisco's matchup throughout most of the fantasy playoffs but i mean they get atlanta this week at home i mean what more do you want so i think he's the obvious streamer for for this week even without the rushing upside i mean pick up jimmy g if you can
0: excellent excellent i will be streaming jimmy g a lot after that thank you very much chris uh thank you jen thank you chris always a pleasure listeners don't forget to sub- uh don't forget to subscribe to this podcast you can hear me fumble over lots more words uh you can follow us on twitter at the monday mommy at chris allen and at two guys brandon thanks so much for listening have a good day